very good morning to you all this uh, this Sunday and uh, what a special uh, treat it is to have Martin uh, speaking with us this morning. Uh, just a special welcome if you're joining us online and you're visiting us uh, for the first time, do make contact with us. Uh, my name's Matthew, I'm the Vicar of St John's and we've, we've really enjoyed uh, reaching out to people and, and encouraging us in life in these very strange uh, times. Uh, but do click on our link, uh, find us through our uh, minister at stjohnsouthbourne.com and find us uh, through that. We'd love to know how you're getting on and how we may be able to help you. Uh, this morning, uh, Martin is uh, giving us a, a lovely introduction to this great question. What is it that unites us? Uh, as we watch the world around us, what is it that keeps us together? What is it that holds us? Is there a truth? Are there things on which we can all agree and say this is the way forward? So look forward to hearing what he's got to say. And I look forward also to uh, what Mike has prepared with the worship team this week. So I'll hand you over uh, to them. Uh, but just to mention before that, that we have prayer meeting tonight uh, and the details for that are in our daily update. And you can join us over the phone. If you're not happy uh, to use video phones or you haven't got that, then do join us because Zoom have got a phone number uh, through which you can access that meeting. So that's 6.30 church prayer meeting tonight. And I look forward to seeing and hearing you uh, there as we continue to intercede uh, for the people around us. So I'll hand you over to Mike and look forward to uh, catching what Martin has to say. God bless. Our New Testament reading comes from the second book of Paul to Timothy, chapter 2, verses 20 to 26. Paul continues to outline the attributes of a workman approved by God. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Flee the desires of youth, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil, who has taken them captive to do his will. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Um, thank you, Andrew. I don't know about you, but over the last few months, during this lockdown, I've managed to notice things right on our doorstep, which apparently have always been there. In particular, the wonderful countryside we live in, which we have been appreciating more, starting straight from that doorstep. The other night, in almost complete darkness in the garden, Julie pointed out a mouse scurrying around that she'd seen before 
pausing to see what was going on, I saw four of these little creatures helping themselves to the bird seed that had fallen onto the lawn from the bird feeders. They were quite amusing, taking it in turns to feed, running and leaping about. I'm sure some knowledgeable person will point out what model of rodent these are. Pausing and allowing time to take in Bible passages, I found is also rewarding. Taking the time to ponder on the word. Psalm 1 suggests that you meditate on it. And I am always amazed about what gems are lurking in the passages we might have already read many times before. In our reading today, where we are continuing our journey through Paul's second letter to Timothy, we see some further instruction. Now, I don't know about you, but I find it interesting when someone shows you a personal letter and you get to see the warmth of the correspondence. In this case, I found that Paul's personal instructions seem almost written to me too. What a blessing to us that Timothy put his personal correspondence in the public domain. Initially, this was providing support, instruction and encouragement to Timothy, who despite being a young Christian leader, was responsible for the large church in Ephesus. This letter and the first letter to Timothy has been used as a basis or a template for the early church in church leadership. And I believe that all of us should or will have some res leadership responsibilities at one time or another, whether it is within families or, or church home groups or our duties to those we might be bringing to faith. About 30 years ago, I attended a Christian conference and at one seminar, the speaker suggested that we all should have our own mini parishes of maybe just a few people where we have responsibilities, including prayerful support, instruction and the challenging task of setting an example of faith. In today's reading, I noticed a couple of interesting points just in passing. In verse 20 and 21, you might translate what Paul says as some vessels are for honourable purposes and some for dishonourable, and the latter as instruments for honour. What makes this personal to Timothy is his name literally means God honouring. Also, so far in chapter 2, we have seen Paul consider the qualities we might learn from being a soldier, an athlete, a farmer and a workman. And now we see two other examples. In verse 20, a vessel and verse 24, a slave. But turning to what I think as the main theme of this passage, I don't think there needs to be much interpretation of what Paul is saying. Mark Twain said, most people are bothered by the parts of scripture which they cannot understand. But as for me, I have always noticed 
that the passages in scripture which trouble me most are those I do understand. And I think for me, this is one of them. I believe the main point of this reading today is the instruction to avoid stupid arguments and quarrels. That seems quite clear, not needing further explanation. Over nearly 2000 years since this letter, we have seen schisms in the church. In medieval times, there were even heated arguments on how many angels could stand on the head of a pen. Now this may be an extreme example, but nevertheless, such debates are noticed and seized upon by those outside the church. Now I'm not suggesting we stifle debates or avoid exploring the richnesses of our faith, but take note of verse 24. Be kind to everyone. So let us be alert to foolish and stupid arguments and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace and be a witness of unity to those outside the church. And we see Paul's aim in his advice is to ensure people are gently led to truth, said in verse 25. So whether you're an amillennialist, Calvinist, Anglo-Catholic, charismatic or whatever, let us have unity in the things that matter. Maybe a good starting point might be our creed, something which unites many denominations. I quite like the exaltation we sometimes use from Philippians chapter 2, culminating in the statement that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That puts any petty squabbling into perspective. I like the picture somebody once shared with me about the flock. When they turn to each other, they see, see these menacing ram's horns. But when the flock turns to the shepherd, their woolly coats rub together, providing warmth and comfort. Or as St Paul put it in Romans 15, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, as we celebrate Trinity Sunday, we thank you that you did not leave us alone when Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, but you sent the promised Holy Spirit to fill us and clothe us and to be poured out on all people to give us power to live lives worthy of you. Forgive us that we often try to do things in our own strength and our world is such a mess. Help us to be open to receive your precious gift of the Holy Spirit, to live in us always, and may we allow him to transform us 
as, as we see him transforming Peter and the other disciples at Pentecost. Thank you, Father, for your steadfast love and mercies new each morning as we arise to face the challenges, anxieties, sin and sadness besetting our world and touching our lives. Lord, we look at our world with sadness. We pray about the racial tension in the United States. We pray that the church would lead the way in proclaiming that there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, because we are all one in Christ Jesus. We pray for everyone to be treated with fairness and respect and for a spirit of reconciliation. We pray for the wider world. We lift to you all the nations where COVID is just one of the many problems they face, of poverty, hunger, extreme weather due to climate change, pollution and lack of access to clean water and other basic necessities. We thank you for all the Christian charities, such as Christian Aid, Tear Fund and Emmanuel International, working to lift people out of poverty and make them more resilient. We pray they would find ways to continue their critical work safely, despite the lockdown and risk of infection. We pray for the vaccination programmes, which have been stalled in many countries because of the coronavirus, putting children at risk of common infections like measles, cholera and even polio again. Give wisdom to the WHO leaders to work out how to protect these young lives. We pray for those in refugee camps, especially the Rohingya people in camps in Bangladesh, where there is now COVID infection in such cramped conditions. As we reassess our lives after the lockdown, help us to build a fairer and more sustainable world and encourage our governments to engage seriously with global issues such as climate change. Lord, we pray for the church throughout the world. Thank you that in many places we can at least meet up online and support and encourage each other. We pray for all the Christians who cannot meet at all, either in countries where they are persecuted or where they don't have the infrastructure. Be especially close to those who are isolated and help them to stay strong through this storm. We pray for our own church leaders to have wisdom about reopening churches, but help them not to get so distracted by practical arrangements that they lose sight of our great and glorious hope or the fact that the church is greater than its buildings. We thank you that the church has been visible to the nation in showing compassion, organising visiting, food parcels and practical help. Help us to be ready to give a reason for our actions and to point to the example and love of Jesus. We thank you for our own leaders, Matt and our readers, and others faithfully preaching and teaching through the daily update, 
and Richard and Kim leading the children's work. Continue to encourage and inspire them as we all get tired and life seems, if anything, to get more confusing. We lift to you our children and teachers as they go back to school. We pray for safety and that all the children would benefit from being able to meet their friends and teachers again, especially those who've been particularly lonely or anxious, those who come from difficult homes or where they are young carers. We continue to pray for all those facing the anxiety of COVID infection, especially our BAME friends and neighbours who are more vulnerable. We pray for those who are worried about coming out of isolation after so many weeks. We pray for people to act thoughtfully and not jeopardise the health of others. We ask that you would give our government wisdom and a spirit of openness and honesty so that the public would trust and take note of what they say. Thank you for our hospitals, surgeries and care homes. Be with our NHS and care workers. Keep them safe as they look after vulnerable people. We pray for all those whose treatment has been deferred or cancelled because of the pandemic and ask that they would soon be able to receive the treatment they need safely. We pray for people who've been admitted to hospital for any reason recently and who can't receive visitors. Be with them and their families at this anxious time. Help us to look out for those whose lives have been made even harder by the lockdown, especially the disabled and those with learning difficulties and mental health problems. Lord, we pray for ourselves, our families and friends. Continue to be close to us during this troubling time. We so much need your presence with us each day. Help us to be kind and patient with each other and aware of those who are struggling. Keep us united in our love for you and so for each other. Lord, by your indwelling spirit, make us holy, useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. Fill us with the power of your spirit that we may continue to show your love, joy and peace to all those we meet. Father of all, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, one of the things that joins us together is the uh, all-encompassing truth that God loves us and through Jesus Christ has saved us. And he launched a movement. We've just been remembering Pentecost and the diversity and the range of people uh, that were represented there have reached us as well. You know, there is there is this faith that it doesn't matter what your, your colour and your, your, who you are. And, and those are really important things. Uh, and so that's a really encompassing truth, isn't it? That God loves his people. He came to save us. Uh, and we all need saving. Uh, so we just kind of spend a little bit of time in confession uh, and reminding ourselves of God's love for us. So if you want to join in this prayer, I'll get John to uh, put it up on the screen for us. 
Um, and it goes like this. And we can say after the phrase, Lord, be merciful, forgive us our sin. Lord, our maker and our redeemer, this is your world and we are all your people. Come among us and save us. We have willfully misused your gifts of creation. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. We have seen the ill treatment of others and have not gone to their aid. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. Lord, we may have condoned evil and dishonesty and failed to strive for justice. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. Father, we have heard the good news of Jesus Christ, but have failed to share it with others. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. Lord, we have not loved you with all our heart, nor have we loved our neighbours as ourselves. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. So may the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sins, restore us in his image, to the praise and glory of his name. Amen. I look forward to seeing you uh, later today uh, at our prayer meeting and during coffee in the week and next week. God bless. <laughs>